John chapter 4, verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. We're going to skip to verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. That's your spirit. And in truth. And so for just a short time here tonight, I want to preach to you this simple topic. His presence. And the Lord is that spirit. And I know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But I understand something else too that regardless of how I am to conduct myself and whatever it is we're going through, whatever weight you've brought into this building, whatever challenges that stand before you, whatever wall that does not seem surpassable, if the presence of the Lord is here, if you can find yourself in His presence, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Would you put your Bibles down behind you now and would you pray with me? Lord, I come before you now thankful to be here, thankful for this opportunity. I'm asking God that you would yourself enter this place, that you would speak through me, that you would completely remove me tonight, God. And you would speak to your people that we would have the heart and the mind ready to receive your word. We would receive it boldly with faith, understanding that with you all things are possible. Can we get to the point tonight, God, where we can fully understand and even if we don't understand it, we receive that as long as we find ourselves in your presence, everything will be okay. And I thank you, God, once again. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Now would you put your hands together as loud as you possibly can right here. Come on as a praise offering unto God. He's already here, but we're just letting him know that he's welcome to stay around. Come on, would you put your hands together now. We invite you here, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, and you may be seated. God is looking for this congregation and this ministry to do something for him that he cannot do for himself. There is more mention of worship in the Bible than there is of heaven and of hell and of the rapture. 366 times the Bible commands us to sing praises unto God. That's a song for every day of the year and one for leap year. David said in Psalms 119 and 164, seven times a day will I praise thee. The very next verse, David says, and I quote, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Somehow, 
I don't know if you take it that way or not. But the Bible is written in form for a reason. Praise had to be on David's mind and heart seven times a day. And then he comes back after he says, I'm going to praise him with this quote. Great peace have they that love my law and nothing shall offend them. We have what's known in America as coffee breaks. We take coffee breaks in the morning, we take coffee breaks in the afternoon, and we take coffee breaks in the evening. We take coffee breaks first thing in the morning when we haven't even done anything productive with our day just yet. In the U.S. alone in 2016, over $36 billion was spent on coffee and coffee memorabilia. Go to any of your local clothing stores or malls and you will almost always come across t-shirts with something written on them like, I'll start working when my coffee does. Or, don't judge me, I haven't had my coffee yet. David took praise breaks. He said, I can't go on with my day without stopping every now and then and praising the Lord. We preach and we teach about David stopping every six paces before the Ark of the Covenant. But David said, if the Ark is not behind me and it is in yonder Zion, I'm still going to stop seven times a day and praise the Lord. So I rise tonight to say to you who are here, before you go putting just any old thing on, let me tell you about the garment of praise. To many, it's not very attractive and it is often left hanging hanging in the closet or left folded in the bottom of one of our dresser drawers somewhere in this thing called life. But to the few that wear the special garment, along with it comes an irresistible mentality to praise and worship God. I like to call it the David mentality. If you choose to step into the garment of praise, it's going to transform the way you see things. It's going to change how you hear or interpret things, and it will change what you say. If I may be so bold here tonight, I'm rising up right here in this moment to say that it's time for us to get out the garment of praise that we put away a long time ago. Dust it off, and we need to wear it everywhere that we go. Not just on Sundays, but every other day of the week as well. You have got to wear your garment of praise every day of your life. This is what David said when speaking of praise unto God. Let my mouth be filled with praise and with thy honor all the day. And so on this cold January night, we have shown up here because we are dedicated. Because we love we love this church and because we love one another. But if we show up and we don't feel anything and nothing seems to get better in our life, we must have the mentality of praise because praise precedes his presence. If I don't feel anything, you've got to hear me somebody. I'm still going to stop and praise the Lord. If everything is going under, I am still going to stop and praise the Lord. If my life is sick and hurting, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. If my church, God forbid, is going under, I'm still going to stop and praise the Lord. If my spouse is estranged from me, if my kids are rebellious, I'm still going to stop and praise the Lord. Why? Because great peace have they that love thy law. Now would you do it with me now? Would you lift up a praise offering unto the Lord? 
Come on, he just entered the room once again. God entered the room once again. I'm not preaching for response here tonight, but the spirit of the Lord is here. Come on, he entered the room one more time for you. You've still got a chance before you leave here. Come on, praise precedes his presence. But when his presence enters the room, he brings everything that he is. Come on, put your hands together now one more time. Come on, we can't do it enough. We can't do it enough. David said in Psalms 113 and 3, from the rising of the sun, when the sun comes up in the morning till the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Lloyd George was one of Great Britain's most prominent prime ministers. He was very short in stature, being just around five feet tall when he stood on his tippy toes. And he, but he was a very brilliant man. One day he was being interviewed by an American reporter and the reporter asked him, Are you Lloyd George? And Lloyd George answered and said, Yes, I am. The reporter said, Excuse me, please, but you aren't very big, are you? Lord Lloyd George pulled himself up to his full stature and looked the reporter right in his eye and said, Sir, in my country we measure a man from the neck up. I'd like to ask this congregation, how does God measure a church? Does he measure it by real estate or does he measure it by just numbers or perhaps by prestigious membership? No, the father seeketh such to worship him. When you discover that, everybody, you will discover what the church is really all about. You understand this, that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a credential to say that you have arrived. The Holy Ghost has never been a goal. It has always been a gateway. The Holy Ghost has never been an end, but it's only the beginning. The Holy Ghost is not your diploma, but it is your birth certificate. But I want to today, with the help and the grace of God, bring to this congregation just a few scriptures, just a few scriptures that the Lord has been dealing with me about. I want to preach to you that I need to dwell in His presence every now and then. I need to stop. I need to drop everything that I do and just have a holy role in time in the Lord Jesus Christ there comes a time in my own life where I need my spirit lifted why because I understand something if I can begin to praise him he can't ignore it he can't ignore the praise of his people because we are doing the only thing he can't do for himself the Lord of hosts cannot keep his presence from true worshipers John 14 and 12, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I want to stop here and just ask if you know anyone who has ever duplicated Jesus. It's a tough question. He turned water into wine. That was his first miracle. But you know what? He never touched the wine. He never spoke to the wine. He just walked past it and it blushed. He made a fish pay his income tax. He spoke from a ship and lifted that ship out of a storm to the shore. He took five biscuits and two sardines, fed 15,000 people and took up more at the end than he had at the beginning. And so, you're going to have to forgive me here tonight. Because I get a little excited when we start talking about what the Lord is capable of. 
I get excited because the Bible that I read says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I know that's a verse we quote quite often, but don't let it become old and stagnant to you. There's power in that verse right there. You've come here on a cold Sunday night. Why? Not just because you love this church and you love your pastor, but you're looking for something greater in your own life. So as I read that verse to you and as I quote it, don't let it become stagnant. Don't let it become gross, nasty water because there's life there. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you truly believe the word that you say you do, there's power right there. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I do know how to get you here. If I can begin to praise the Lord just a little bit and create a place for you, you can't keep yourself from me. Your word declares it to be so. And so if you did it then, you can do it now. If you did it back then, you can do it now. If you did it for them, you can do it for me. He cursed a fig tree and it died. If you want to see how powerful he was, just read the six miracles he did on the Sabbath. No one has ever duplicated Jesus. But we say, Brother Grant, he was just one man, one place at one time. We have thousands in our church today. And our churches are universal. That, that's a decent answer, but, but it won't pass. He just had three and a half years. We have 2,000 year church age. Another decent answer, but it won't pass. I want to preach something to you here tonight. There is something greater than works that he wants this church to do. Are you with me now? Are you with me now? Because if we aren't together right here, we could be in trouble in a little bit. Are you with me? If you read your Bible again, I want you to notice the second time works is used in John 14 and 12. It is italicized, which means it was added after the original translation. So it could really read this way. And the works that I do shall he do, and greater than these shall you do. Can I tell you something here tonight? We are not here in competition among works. I'm not here to out-preach anybody or out-miracle somebody. I'm here to tell you that you need to stop every now and then and give God something he can't give himself. And when you begin to do that, you make the conscious choice to remind God who he is and what he has already done for you. And he cannot help but to come wherever you are. And when the presence of the Lord walks in, he brings everything that he is with him. It's not just his name, but it's the power within his name. It's not just his presence. It's not just goosebumps. It's not just something to say oh I feel a little something right there but when you're truly desperate and you don't know where else to turn I've got an answer for you here tonight I can't speak into your life every single day but there's one thing I know when I make the conscious decision I'm going to bless the Lord right now. I know he cannot keep himself from me. I've tried it and it works. I've tried it and it works. So I'm preaching a simple message to you here tonight it's not deep but it's true I've come to tell you we can't live without his presence there's something that takes place in his presence there's nothing like the presence of the Lord you have a question I have an answer it's called his presence you have a situation I have a solution it's called his presence whenever he walks in the room 
Everything changes. Come on, put your hands together now. Come on, I invite you in right now, God. I lift you up and magnify your name. I create a place for you right here, right in my situation, right where I stand. I lift you up. Why? Because I desire your presence. When Jesus Christ went to Calvary, he said these immortal words, it is finished. And the veil was rent from top to bottom. And the glory was no longer beyond my reach. And he has gone back now to the Father as my attorney. But in the Old Testament, less than 100 men went beyond the veil. Everyone else was a spectator. But now, because it is finished, because of Calvary, anybody can at any time come and enjoy the presence of God. What one man did once a year, now any man can do seven times a day so I don't know about you but I've got to take full advantage of my right when the Lord said I've got to do something that only I can do and he sent his only begotten son and he said you're going to have to die he died for me why? because he wanted to allow me to be able to approach him whenever I so needed to do so when you come to the realization in your own mind and you say but I truly need God every second of every day it's not just a Sunday thing it's not just a Wednesday night thing but when you begin to live in his presence that's when the true transformation begins to take place I'm preaching to somebody here I'm preaching to somebody here because you've looked for answers everywhere and you've stumbled in here tonight looking for something well I've got an answer for you right here and right now the answer is in his presence the answer is where he is if you can create a place for him to dwell he's going to come in The job, the job that I have right now, I'm grossly underpaid. I don't know if that's true, but that's how I feel. <laughs> Sierra and I had gotten to a spot a while back, and um, all the bills were paid. Everything was good. And I take that responsibility to make sure everything's taken care of. And... Um, Got to a point where I didn't have any money left. Now, everything was paid, but I didn't have any money left. And lo and behold, somehow, the way that the medical field works, they sent a medical bill through my checking account. And, of course, there wasn't enough money in there to cover it. So it was a large sum of money. And checked my bank account one morning and saw that it was negative quite a bit. This is just me being transparent, but checked and seen that it was not where I wanted it to be and I hesitated to tell Sierra because I didn't want her to get worried I didn't want her to have to share that weight but I had to find a way to take care of it now I've learned that men and women pray differently <clears throat> it's just the truth and 
my mom, when I was young, would always grab me because I wouldn't necessarily, every time I prayed, I wouldn't necessarily travail before the Lord. But that's what she was doing, so she felt like that's what I should be doing. And since I wasn't doing it, I was in the wrong. Maybe she's right. And I've learned that women, of course, are much more verbal. And a man's prayer often, now, Lord, you know I need 275 by Friday. I've learned that. And so I prayed one of those simple prayers. I'm driving to work one morning, doubting everything I'm doing, don't, don't know what's going on. Want to know how it's going to happen, what's going to take place. And so I prayed, Lord, I, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't care how it comes about, but I've got to have this X amount of money to put in my bank account because then it's going to be an overdraft fee and this, that, and the other. And then, of course, the weight of the world begins to fall on you. And I began to pray. And so I, I prayed and I prayed that morning and I prayed and I finally decided, okay, I'm going to tell Sierra what's going on. And so I told her, I said, hey, you know, one of these medical bills came through. And so we began to stand right there in our kitchen and we prayed about it. And I, I don't want you to belittle this because I want you to know there's power in prayer. I don't want you to belittle what I'm saying here. There is power in prayer, but there's something about praising God before the miracle ever takes place. And so as we stood in my kitchen, we, we, we held hands there and just began to pray because there really wasn't anything else we could do. And I just felt a, the spirit of praise come on me a little bit and we begin to thank God. Lord, you know what? My, my bank account's negative, but I could have not had enough money to pay all the bills that got paid. So I just want to thank you for everything that was paid. I want to thank you for everything that was already taken care of that could not have been. And as I began to do that, I felt a little better. We, bro- we broke off and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. And the next morning I checked my bank account. And somebody had gone through and deposited the exact amount of money that was negative in my bank account. So, of course, I'm calling my wife, calling my parents. Hey, I'm thankful. Thank you for doing it. Where'd you find it? Where'd you get it? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So I call the bank because I know how funny they can be sometimes. I said, hey, there was money deposited in my account last night, and I want to make sure it's mine before I go on with my day because I know how you're going to get me later on. And she said, well, okay, let's pull up your information. And she pulled up my information there on the phone. I had to, you know tell her all my security codes and all this other stuff. And she said, you know what? You're going to have to come in for me to discuss everything. So I ran over to the bank. It was nine o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. And I walk into the bank and I said, hey, this is my name. And we looked at my account. She said, look, I don't know what happened and how it took place, but somebody came and gave a personal check, the exact amount that your account was negative to the cent. I said, well, who was it? Can you tell me who it was? She said, it doesn't say nobody put it in the computer. I can't tell you who it was. But somebody came and deposited money in your account. So you can take that story for whatever it's worth. You can do with it whatever you will. But I'm here to tell you tonight. If you'll get a praiser's mentality. And regardless of what you're going through, say, God, if you give me the answer right away, or if it comes later on, I'm going to create a place for you to inhabit. And whenever I'm in the middle of where you are, you're just going to take care of everything. If it works out how I think it should, praise God. But whatever happens, it's your will. It's you who are going to do it. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people in here, you've had insufficient funds for a long time, and I'm not talking about money, but I feel the Holy Ghost when I say it out of my mouth right here. God has the ability to restore whatever has been lost, whatever has come by your way that you haven't expected, whatever it is you've come in here with tonight. It's not just a preacher talking about what you've heard every other day of the week, but I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about something that's real. I'm talking about something that's genuine. And if you'll humble yourself and you'll create a place for him, 
Come on, why don't we do it right now? Would you just begin to magnify the Lord here? Come on, would you magnify the Lord with me? Come on, whatever your issue is right now, why don't you put that out of your mind for a minute and say, I'm going to stop everything I do and I'm just going to create a little time for God right here. Yes, it's Sunday night. Yes, we're at church. But God, I'm designating this time right now and I'm going to bless the Lord. Come on, would you do it now? I'm going to help you out a little bit. I'm just going to tell you who God is. He's endurantly strong. He's empowerly sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperally powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of this world. He is the Son of God. He is the center Savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He does not have to call for help, and you can't confuse him. He doesn't need you, and he doesn't doesn't need me, but he chooses to use us whenever we will allow him to. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Come on, would you praise God right here? I don't know about you, but I've come in here expecting something. I'm expecting something from the Lord. I'm expecting something from God because his word said, if I'll make a sacrifice of praise, if I'll do my part, he's faithful. He's the loftiest idea of literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem of higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you can call him. He can satisfy all your needs. He can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he sees. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the people. He blesses the agent. I learned a principle a long time ago. Maybe you know about it already. But whenever I find myself in a hard spot, and trust me, it's often. Whenever the ceiling feels like brass and every prayer that I pray feels like it's not getting anywhere. Hear me, I'm talking to somebody. There's something that can transform your situation. It's called the sacrifice of praise. It's called wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, regardless of who you're with in that current moment. You say, God, I don't know what else to say, but I do know one thing that's true. If I just begin to tell God what is true about him, who he truly is, something takes place in the spiritual world. Hear me now. I'm speaking from experience here. I may just be a 26-year-old young man, but I'm telling you about something that I've tested and I've tried, and God has proven himself time and time again. Why? Because God gave us the ability to make the conscious decision, hear me now, to do something something that he cannot do for himself. Hear me. The trees have no choice but to worship him. Every animal that walks this earth has no choice but to do what he designated them to do. But he chose one day, I'm going to create something that's going to have free will. I'm going to create something that's going to be true worship and true love. It's going to be the epitome of what I truly desire. And so when Adam and Eve were put in the garden, he gave them the option to do right or to do wrong. 
So I've come here tonight to tell you, you can do something that no other creature on the planet can do. You can make the conscious decision. I'm going to praise the Lord right here. I'm making an effort right here in my life. I'm going to set everything else aside. I'm going to put away my hangups. I'm going to set aside all the failures and regret. And I'm going to do something that God can't do for himself. Hear me, somebody. I'm preaching to you now. You have the ability to minister to the Lord. Deuteronomy 10.8 is a job, descri- uh, job description for priests. It was God's intention for every man to become a priest in the Old Testament. But because people would not submit to what God wanted from a priesthood, he set apart the Levites and created a priesthood among the Levites. The Bible says in Revelation 1 and 5 and 6, and I quote, He has made us all to be kings and priests unto God. Deuteronomy 10 and 8. Here is the, here is the qualification or the duty, if you will, of a priest. The Lord separated the tribe of Levi, number one, to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Can I tell you something here tonight? You have got to bear his presence. When people see you, they have got to feel a good spirit about you. When people walk around you, they have got to feel the Holy Ghost moving. Your first obligation is to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord number two the second thing you have got to do is you have got to stand before the Lord before you stand before people we have got to stand before the Lord before we can do anything under the anointing of the Lord we have got to humbly approach his throne and say thou art God and number three the third thing you have got to do is you have got to minister to God we just talked about it with your worship and your praise. You have the ability to minister to the King of Kings. We have got to get to a place in our life. Hear me here tonight. I may not get everything right, but I know there is one thing I can do to bridge the gap and it's minister to God through praise and worship. Praise is the great equalizer. And the fourth thing you have to, you've got to do is you've got to bless his name. Bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me. So I'm I'm just going to say it. I told you that this word was already dealing with me, but I'm going to say it to the enemy and I'm going to say it to everybody who wants to listen. If you don't, that's okay. Brother Zach, I'm not going to stop singing. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. Why? I'm not going to stop preaching whenever I get the opportunity. I'm not going to stop leading God's congregation in worship. Why? Because I have the understanding of one simple thing. If I can choose to worship and praise God, everything else in my life may not seem exactly right but when you create a place for him he can't keep himself from you he can't distance himself from you praise and worship is the only thing that bridges the gap so I've got a word for somebody here tonight I don't know what you're going through or where you are but you're looking for something to connect you you're desperate for something to connect you with the Lord can I just give you this simple word it's praise it's his presence you've got to acquire his presence everything you do everywhere you go whoever you're with you've got to be desperate for his presence it's got to be at the forefront of your mind it's got to be everything that you think about lord where are you if you're not right here i've got to lift you up i've got to create a place for you would you put your hands together now come on put your hands together
Before World War II, the Japanese carried their emperor Haruhito on their shoulders because they looked at him as a god. They bowed down to him and worshipped him as if he was immortal. But when they lost the war, he lost the godship and came back to emperor. The Japanese interpret the scripture that says, The Lord inhabiteth the praises of his people, or, O thou inhabiteth the praise of Israel. They interpret that by saying this, When we praise God, we create a seat. And God comes down and sits in it. In other words, the Lord isn't just passing by, but he wants to stay for a little while. Can I preach to you this simple thought right here? I hope that you get a hold of it. If you want God to come down and take a seat in your life, I'm not looking for God just to walk by me. I'm not looking just to see his hinder parts. I'm not looking for him just to be moving in the room. But I want to create a place. I want to create a place for God and say, Lord, I'm creating you a seat. Right here where I am. Right in the midst of my trouble. Right in the midst of this trial. I'm creating a place for you. Lord, when I'm blessed beyond measure and everything's going well, I'm creating a seat for you. And so I've come here tonight to preach to you this simple word you've got to leave here with it it can't just be a Sunday thing but it's got to be a Monday Tuesday every day of the week we've got to begin to to create a seat for God are you with me here tonight are you with me here is it too simple for you is that too simplistic for you for you to say you know what I'm coming to an understanding I don't know how God's going to do it or how I'm going to get from here to there but I'm going to create a place for him Come help me now. I'm almost finished. I'll end with this. Exodus 33 is one of my favorite parables whenever the Lord is dealing with Moses. He tells Moses, I want you to take your people, take my people here. And I love Moses' response. I love how he answers God. And It's interesting. It almost seems like God is setting him up for failure. Moses couldn't speak. He wants him to go talk to the most powerful man on the planet. Free these people who have been held captive for over 400 years. Perfect situation for God. It's often how he works. And Moses answers so well. He does something so incredible to me. He says, God, I'm willing to do whatever it is you ask. Good answer. He started off well. The Lord speaks to him. I'm willing to do whatever it is you want me to do. If that's what it is, it seems impossible, but you're God. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do, but only if your presence goes with me. Whatever task you've set before me, whatever issue there is, whatever arises in my own life, you give direction, I'll follow it exactly how you want me to do it, but I can only do it if your presence goes with me. And because of Moses being so humble, being so incredibly humble towards God and understanding that as long as the Lord goes with him, Everything that he's fallen short in is completely made up. I love the Lord's answer. He says, you know what, Moses? I will personally go with you. I don't know about you here tonight, but there's nowhere I want to go without the presence of the Lord being with me. 
Listen to me now. I love singing. I love praising God. I love leading worship. I love being a part of the team. I love being a minister. I love all the things that come with that. But everything means nothing if His presence isn't with me. Lord, everything that I'm doing, everything that I am doesn't mean anything if your presence isn't with me. Everything that I'm doing right now, God, doesn't mean anything if your presence isn't in the room. So I've come here tonight just to tell you this simple thing. Create a place for his presence. Would you stand with me now? We're going to do it all across this place. Would you just begin to respond to the presence of the Lord here, right here and right now? I don't know how you want to do it, but however you feel, would you just begin to respond now? Lord, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I feel, I'm creating a place for you right here. I have a lot of questions in my life, God. There's a lot of issues here. A lot of things that I want answered. People don't have the, have the solution for me, but as long as I can live in your presence, it may not be completely solved, but as long as you're with me, your word will be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not a tractor beam, my whole pathway. My future isn't completely lit up, but just enough for the next step. I have just enough light for the next step. If your presence is with me, God, if your presence is here, Lord, I have enough for right now. I have enough for right now. I have enough for today. And when I lay my head on my pillow tonight, God, I want your presence to be there. And when I wake up in the morning, Lord, I want your presence to be there. When I'm sitting in traffic, God, I want your presence to be there. When I'm in my work meeting, Lord, I want your presence to reside there. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, God, is peace that passes all understanding. In your presence is healing virtue. In your presence, God, is sympathy and grace and mercy. In his presence, in his presence, in his presence.